Hello, Gold Derby fans. Welcome back to another Slugfest. Uh, we are going to talk about the whirlwind 48 hours we've had with PGA nominations, BAFTA nominations, and DGA nominations. I am Marcus James Dixon. I'm here with Zach Laws and Daniel Montgomery. So uh, Zach, I'll come to you first. We have the PGA nominations, which basically is what we're expecting to happen at the Oscars. And then BAFTA comes along and completely upends everything. It throws shockers and, and snubs all over the place. And then comes along the DGA and they say, no, 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 you were right the first time. Like, you, you know what you're talking about. Um, so what is your overall take from the, this past, you know, couple days? Well, I mean, like you said, uh, so BAFTA, we should know, changed the way that it nominated um, the, the uh, actors and directors. And I, I don't think they changed it for the films. I mean, this is how confusing. Yeah, it, was, it was casting as well. Casting, they, they did. Thank you. Yeah. That's what's so confusing about this whole thing. It's like they they change the voting in such a profound way that it's really difficult for us to look at those nominations and say that they have any real bearing on what's going to get nominated at the Oscars, right? I mean, there's a lot of uh, not not obscure to the Brits, but obscure to American audiences. Uh, a lot of British fare getting in there, um, which makes sense. It is, after all, the British Academy, but it's at the expense of things that we thought were going to be surefire contenders there. I mean, if you had asked me to go to Vegas and put money on who was going to win at BAFTA, I would have said Carrie Mulligan for Promising Young Woman, Olivia Coleman for The Father. Neither one of them got in, <laughs> right? So you, you look at that and you say to yourself, well, does that mean that they're not getting in at the Oscars? Does it mean that they're not winning the Oscars? What, what does this mean? It might not really mean anything. So Putting those aside, let's look at um, the PGA and the DGA, because I think that those are the two most important ones. Those are the ones with the most industry overlap, right? Mm -hmm. PGA generally gets in about, um, you know, a significant portion, like eight to nine, whatever they predict. And maybe there's like a wild card at the Oscars. Um, this year, I think that they're gonna be more of a solid indicator than usual. Um, just because of the number of films that are in contention, right? It's a, it's a little bit lower than usual because of uh, a little thing that happened in the world. Um, DGA is the one that I really want to focus on because those are the five films, generally speaking, that we look at not for who's going to get nominated for Best Director, but which five films are the strongest contenders to win Best Picture. So over there, you've got Leah is a chung from Minari, Emerald Fennel for Promising Young Woman, Aaron Sorkin for Trial of the Chicago Seven, David Fincher for Mank, Jaw for Nomadland. Those are our five strongest best picture three to four that are gonna get nominated. Um, those are the wild cards. Those are the ones that are gonna give us the hardest time predicting uh, what's gonna get in. There's a lot of possibilities. And Daniel, uh, I should mention that only three movies were nominated at all three in the top category. So that we're talking about The Trail of the Chicago Seven, Promising Young Woman, and Nomadland. They got in for the PGA Best Picture, the DGA Best Director, and then BAFTA uh, Best Picture. Um, did you wanna add anything about just the overall craziness of, of, of BAFTA? 
I will say that the acting and directing categories at BAFTA are a little misleading in that because they're giving out by small juries, they're basically, <clears throat> those are basically the Gotham Awards um, where you have like a handful of people making this decision at the Gotham Awards, Nicole Beharry won Best Actress over Frances McDormand, you know, in Nomadland and Riz Ahmed beat Chadwick Boseman and, and these sorts of things can happen when you have a very small group of people deciding this and a very small group of people who are uh, who have that pressure of okay it's just us evaluating this material and there's it's much harder to kind of turn a blind eye to like you know to just vote for the front runners and vote for the things that you're familiar with uh, so I think that's, we saw a lot of that in the, in the acting and directing categories, but best picture was decided by the entire uh, BAFTA membership. Um, and uh, it's, it's probably no coincidence that that's the character, that's the category that's mostly white. <laughs> um, but I think that will give, that gives us a stronger sense than the acting or directing categories of BAFTA this year, who's strong, which is why one of the things that I feel like is going to be a mismatch with the Oscar I, do, I did think that the, the father was flagging um, and it didn't get in for Olivia Coleman, but it got in for Anthony Hopkins and it got in for a bunch of awards, multiple awards uh, that were not decided by those juries, including best picture. So I think it might be in the top eight or nine again for Oscars, uh, even mm -hmm. though it didn't get PGA uh, or Directors Guild. Although it, it, Florian Zell, I believe was nominated for a first time director. He was, yeah, he was. So, so I think the father is stronger uh, than it looked before. Um, I think Trial of the Chicago Seven is solid. Nomadland is solid. Promising Young Woman, uh, despite no Carrie Mulligan at the BAFTAs, is as strong as ever. Because I mean, you know, there aren't going to be many, and in hi historically, there aren't many Best Actress winners that are also top Best Picture contenders and director contenders and editor contenders um, and screenplay. And screenplay contenders. Could win screenplay. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So so even though like Best Actress has been all over the place all season, um, <clears throat> I, I feel like Carrie Mulligan is is still looking good there, and the film is looking fantastic uh, in terms of its potential. So so yeah, I, I do think the Best Picture race at BAFTA is more telling than it looks because all the other categories are so weird. <laughs> uh, the Producers Guild nominations. I just wanted to mention the ten. Those are Borat. Judas and the Black Messiah, Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, Mank, Minari, Nomadland, One Night in Miami, Promising Young Woman, Sound of Metal, and The Trial of the Chicago Seven. Now, our odds say that The Father and News of the World will get in, the Gold Derby overall combined odds. Um, what do you guys think? Do you think the PGA 10 are going to match up with the Oscar 10, or which ones are most vulnerable here? I'm, I'm, I'm personally not predicting Borat will get in. But I don't, I don't know. But what do you what do you think, Zach? I think uh, you know. So they never match up ten for ten, and there are always these surprises. Um, I think that all right. So I, I, like I said, the five um, at DGA, those are pretty much locked, locked right? Yeah, I think you're right. Um, after that, I think that the next strongest contender is Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, just because it is you know a front runner for Chadwick Boseman and and possibly Viola Davis. You know we. This best actress race is, is pretty wild. So and it's going to do well in crafts. Very well in crafts. I mean, yeah, it, it you know, could possibly win. Costumes and makeup and hair, right? Exactly. Yeah, it'll probably get in for production design as well. Uh, sound, you know, this is a really strong contender. Uh, writing, uh, I should also say. Uh, 
So mark that in as your sixth place. And where it starts to get weird, um, I feel like One Night in Miami is starting to fade a bit. Um, yes, Regina King got nominated for first time director, but considering how many TV people vote at DGA, it's, it is kind of surprising that she didn't make um, the top five. I actually had her getting in over Emerald Fennel um, at DJ, not at Oscars. Um, and the fact that the movie has been kind of, you know, it's not performing well in craft categories, despite being a period film. It's, it's not, you know, it didn't get a Globe's Best Picture nomination. Um, I could see that being a weaker contender and, and possibly being left off in picture and, and just getting in for uh, Leslie Odom Jr. in, in uh, supporting actor and song and possibly screenplay. Two movies that I think are really surging at the right time are another Amazon title, Sound of Metal, which could be, uh, you know, we're already uh, expecting nominations for Riz Ahmed and sound and film editing. Look out for it in supporting actor for Paul Racy, screenplay and best director for Darius Martyr. This is a very, you know, when you think about the tools that directors use, um, taking away dialogue and in a lot of cases sound Mm. Um, and just relying on visual storytelling is something that I think could appeal to a lot of the members of the director's branch. Uh, so and that's Darius, one film. He just got in for first time director too, we should mention Darius did. Exactly, yes. I mean, that definitely helps his chances. The other film that is overperforming after kind of opening a bit softly is Judas and the Black Messiah. Again, a movie that we all thought is gonna be a, a strong contender for one actor. Daniel Kaluuya, but now we really got to look at, this is a film that got in at the PGA and the WGA, uh, performed well at BAFTA, even getting in for Dominique Fishback, look out for her in supporting actress. Um, so, you know, I think that those three, Ma Rainey's Sound of Metal, Judas and the Black Messiah could round out our eight and possibly put in the father as your number nine, just mm -hmm. because of support for Anthony Hopkins, uh, Olivia Coleman, mm -hmm. screenplay, film editing. Mm -hmm. That's what I'm going with right now. Um, with, and you know, I just, it's very, <laughs> um, it's very hard for me to say this, but I don't, I don't know how big of a contender the Five Bloods is gonna be at this point. Um, it did get that SAG Ensemble nomination. Yeah. So I'm not going to write it off completely. No Producers Guild, though. No Producers Guild, no Writers Guild, no Directors Guild. Like, my, my heart tells me that there is a possibility that Spike Lee could still get nominated for directing as like that fifth slot surprise, which we have seen happen before. But... It, it, it does feel like the movie has faded. I, I hope that I can be surprised, but you know, it, the fact that I think the one nomination it got up after was for Clark Peters, yep. <laughs> you know, which is strange. I mean, he's great in the movie. I'm glad he got nominated, but uh, you know, I just, I feel like it's perhaps become a, uh, you know, an afterthought, and that's a shame because it is one of the best movies of the year. And 
I don't, you know, I would nominate it over, I'm not going to say which films, but <laughs> our films I would nominate it over in this best picture lineup. So, so Daniel, what about your uh, personal Oscar predictions for best picture? Where do they match up and where do they differ from the PGA noms? Um, well, I would agree with Zach that those top five directors are, you know, their pictures are in Nomadland, Trial of Chicago 7, Minari, um, Mank, and Promising a Woman. Although I'd say Mank is starting to feel a little bit soft too. Like mm -hmm. there seems to be a lot of, it seems like it's, it's getting in everywhere. So it seems like that could be your Irishman uh, of the year where it gets everything and then wins nothing. <laughs> Potentially, although it has been consistently winning production design. So that's, it's probably- That's the one thing I think it'll- Safest bet at the moment. Um, so I think those are probably in, um, I think Ma Rainey is strong, but I don't know if that's like sixth place. Uh, Cause like, I'm, I'm always so nervous about like, especially when they're like multiple black movies, it's like, you know, Oh, the, like a lot of times the Oscars just pick one this, this year. I don't think they could possibly like there, there has to be at least a couple in there. Um, but I actually think maybe overall as a film, Judas and the Black Messiah might be as strong or stronger. Um, so uh, because that has been peaking, it hasn't been getting everything, but it got PGA um, it, it, uh, and, and it's, 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 it's going to win Best Supporting Actor. It looks like it's one of the safer bets at this point because <laughs> this year is weird. I'm not going to say it's guaranteed going down the road, uh, but right now that looks like a pretty secure win. Um, and it could carry a lot on on that ride with it. Again, Writers Guild too, Producers Guild, um, and, and people just seeing it as as you know, uh, voting started. Uh, that that's in a good position. I think Sound of Metal is also probably up there, uh, and then probably uh, Ma Rainey's and The Father. Um, I think you know, News of the World at first seemed like this film that would. <sighs> would just be so much like middle of the plate you know just you know prestigious movie prestigious director Tom Hanks stars generally well reviewed like this is I thought this was going to be your kind of like just you know your kind of and this movie too uh, <laughs> uh, but it really hasn't picked up anything. Like it's gotten a few nominations here or there. It got a bunch of nominations at Critics' Choice, but didn't win any of them, even for Helena Zengel in the younger acting category. Uh, it didn't do well at BAFTA, at least in top, you know, top tier categories, uh, despite Paul Greengrass being uh, uh, very popular with BAFTA. So you know, like that seems like it's not happening. I uh, love Five Bloods, I agree, is not happening. News of the World was one of my top five of the year. I could still see the Oscars going with that as one of the 10, if there is 10. There may I, be I, could, I could see it being a possible contender. I could see it getting in some below the line categories yeah. too. I, I do think that Helena Zingle's chances have gotten smaller over the past couple of weeks. Like she didn't even win Young Actor Actress at Critics' Choice, which was a shocker to me. I mean, I love the little Minari boy, and he gave one of the best speeches ever. Um, Zachy, were you gonna say something? I was gonna say, I mean, I think that what hurt news of the world was it's it's a victim of uh, this, this distribution uh, model that has been forced upon us by the pandemic. Because I think that had news of the world opened in theaters, it could have been a big populist box yeah. office hit in the same kind that of, of been a money maker. Yeah. Like Ford v Ferrari. Like that was a movie that made some money and um, 
that that helped its chances with the academy, I think. And so I feel like in a more traditional year, News of the World would have been a bigger contender um, just because it would have had like the box office receipts to go along with it. I feel um, that way about a couple of films this year. Like I remember, you know, when I saw The Prom mm -hmm. um, and it was never like a huge Oscar contender. It's more like a lightweight entertainment, but like, it seemed like the kind of film like, oh, this would have been a hundred million dollar holiday movie. Yeah, exactly. Uh, like it's just it's just fun and it's light uh, and it's and it's meaningful to a certain degree uh, and and it's just like it, it felt like a movie that would have gotten more traction. Like that's the kind of movie I I could have seen happening at the SAG Awards for ensemble, like that big you know ensemble cast sort of thing. So yeah, I, I do think that hurts a lot. I also think that films like that, uh, the Prom and News of the World, play better on a big screen probably because so much of their appeal is visual and technical um so so yeah like which and you know meanwhile films that play really well at home uh like a trial of the chicago seven a courtroom drama an intimate family drama like minari uh revenge throw like promising young woman that's not like big on effects or anything like that those are rising to the top uh, and maybe that's also another reason why defy bloods hasn't been you know because there's a, a big splashy war movie uh that's not getting in even in like the craft categories, a lot of times that the big splashy war movie would. I think you're right. I mean, it could be a, a similar kind of thing that's hurting Mank as well, right? Because, you know, these are movies that um, were made for the big screen. Uh, the, the Five Bloods, especially, I mean, you know, uh, I remember when Spike started making it, um, the day after winning his first Oscar, um, and I say first because I'm gonna keep saying that he'll win more Oscars than just that one. Um, <laughs> You know, he, he was intending it to be a kind of like Lawrence of Arabia apocalypse now, like see it on the biggest screen possible. Um, I hope one day that it, it will be once theaters are fully reopened, maybe um, they'll play it at the Egyptian and I can see it there. Same thing with Mank. But, you know, I think it is um, a movie like Nomadland, which does have a lot, lot of scale and scope in terms of um, the, the vistas that it's uh, photographing and all of that. You know, it is at its core a, a very intimate character study. Uh, Minari is a very intimate character uh, family drama, right? Uh, those movies, again, they both have a lot of visual style and a lot of uh, scope, but they do play better in these sort of intimate settings than something like The Five Bloods or Mank. So mm -hmm. I think you're onto something there. Like that, that might be the reason why, you know, I think we're all predicting those two movies maybe is our best picture front runners if i'm not mistaken I, no i still have minari i think minari is going to get a boost when if i'm right when it's when we're all right when it wins the sag award for <laughs> ensemble and possibly supporting actress um but i really think it's down to two i think it's nomadland or minari for best picture and it seems like everyone in our prediction center is is picking nomadland to win the oscar uh, so I, that's why I'm kind of being different. I want to go my own way until maybe maybe I'll switch over, you know, the day before the Oscars. We'll see. Um, but I haven't gotten one yeah. right in a while, so I really want to get it right this year. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's tricky. I'm, I think it's a three-way race. I think uh, Nomadland, Minotti, and Trial of Chicago 7. I think Trial of Chicago 7 is still in it. Uh, Marcus, like you were saying, it's gotten the, 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 the top nomination, one of the only three films to get the top nomination to all these three groups so far. Um, and I feel like, like, I don't sense all the passion for it. Like it's like, it hasn't been getting a whole bunch of texts and it, it's been missing here and there. 
but like I like that could be your kind of weird consensusy Green Book kind of movie. Although I think it's a more effective movie than Green Book. Um, uh, but you know, you know, but like in a similar vein, like you know, white men solve historical injustice kind of way. When you have all of these other like you know, you have a, a movie about like you know a, a woman on on the frontier like Nomadland and. Uh, Korean family like Minotti and it feels like a lot of the dynamics that were at play in the green book year um, when you know the envelope opens and you're like her (laughs) 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 so like I still feel like Trial of Chicago 7 has that um, has that avenue it has a shot at SAG um, could win the producers guild I like who knows if the producers guild will go for something smaller uh, I I was gonna say I mean Looking at this list of ten of the PGA, I could totally see Trial winning there, because it's a it's a movie that has been long in development, um, and you know it's gone through many different directors, including Steven Spielberg and, and Paul Greengrass, and I think Ben Stiller as well. So it's it's got a history, and I could totally see that being the PGA winner over something like Nomadland or Minari, which you know those those kinds of small scale indie dramas don't tend to to do well. At the uh, at the producers guild, so but I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off there. <laughs> no, no, but yeah, that's you know, I just think it, uh, you know, Trial of Chicago Seven is that kind of film that, uh, with a certain segment of and a certain class of Oscar voters, that's you know, it's not going to be everybody's number one, uh, but I can see it ranking high for a lot of people. Um, a little bit like Spotlight too; it has a similar feel to that as well. It does. You're right. So I, I do think like like we could be in the middle of the Roma push for like Nomadland. Uh, and I think like Roma, Nomadland's probably winning director no matter what happens in picture. Uh, yeah, like I, I think, I think it's very hard to imagine Chloe Zhao losing that. Chloe's a lock for the best director Oscar and she keeps winning screenplay awards too, which is interesting. Yeah. Um, let's talk and about- she could win for producing and editing. <laughs> Although probably talk- won't win for editing. Uh, let's talk about best director now. We know the the five from DGA, but historically the five don't always match up. I think it's only been five times out of like 70 years where they've matched up five for five. So which of these five, Chung, Fennel, Fincher, Sorkin, or Zhao, will most likely be snubbed and who would they be replaced by? Um, I don't know because I may just go with these five. I think all five of these are strong. I guess Emerald Fennel seems a little on the weaker side because she doesn't have the name recognition of, of like a David Fincher or an Aaron Sorkin. So if I were to take one of these out for my Oscar picks, I would probably take her out, but I don't know who I would replace her with. Maybe Spike Lee. I know Coming at the bed to get in here. <laughs> Say that again. I'm chopping at the bit to get in here because I've got some thoughts. <laughs> All right, well, let's go to Daniel then. Daniel? All right. <laughs> no, go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> I was going to say, I mean, what, what Emerald Fennel does have is she has this, like, flashy directorial debut, right? Like, we, we've seen people um, like Greta Gerwig or, or Jordan Peele get nominated for movies that had this, that, that were very... Um, stylishly directed, right? You know, very much like auteur kinds of first films, you know? So she has that going for her, you know? And she also has the fact that like Promising Young Woman has been consistently showing up everywhere, you know, including Mm -hmm. that like the Golden Globes. I actually think if there's somebody who's weak, it's Sorkin, just because 
you know, he's better known as a screenwriter. And also his movie is not, you know, it's, it's well-directed, but it's, it's in that kind of like Peter Farrelly with Green Book kind of, kind of vein, you know? It's, it's not as flashy directorially as Mank, Minari, Nomadland, Promising Young Woman. Now who gets replaced? I want it to be Spike Lee. It could be Spike Lee. It could be Darius Martyr, as I said before. It could be Shaka King uh, for Judas and the Black Messiah. Um, it would be so interesting if both, if two of uh, Spike Lee's NYU students got in and he didn't. Um, <laughs> I hope that they, okay with that. <laughs> yeah, uh, you know, I mean, he'd be like a proud dad, right? I, you know, but um, I, I could, you know, Regina King is the one that I think a lot of people feel would get nominated, mm -hmm. but the fact that she didn't get into the DGA five makes me think that, um, you know, it's, it, it's a lot less likely for the director's branch of the Academy to recognize her than it would be for the DGA. Cause let's remember like Ben Affleck, Bradley Cooper, Denzel Washington, all big movie stars who directed films that got nominated for Best Picture and even won Oscars, did not get nominated. Mm -hmm. I know I just said that Greta Gerwig and Jordan Peele did get in, but again, those movies were <laughs> phenomenons. Greta Gerwig had, had narratives. They had narratives. Greta Gerwig had a lot of indie cred. Jordan Peele directed the most talked about movie of the year. So, you know, it was, it was less likely that they were gonna miss. Um, Virginia King does have a narrative around her and the fact that like, you know, no woman of color has ever been nominated for directing, but also they're checking that off their list with Chloe Jaw. That shouldn't be a hindrance yeah. to her getting in. It's, it's silly that we talk about it in these terms, but you know that a lot of the voters are thinking about it that way. Um, so it, it, she could get nominated. I'm just not betting on it. So, I mean, that's, that's my thoughts. Right now I'm gonna stick with Spike Lee Okay. But I could see it being, I think Darius Martyr or Shaka King feel like the most likely to replace it. So you have Sorkin being snubbed and Spike Lee yes. getting in currently. I mean, we can still change. Everyone, please go to Gold Derby and keep updating and changing your predictions. Um, Daniel, what about you? Which Do you think it's five for five or are you going to replace someone in your picks? I think it could be five for five. Um, I haven't been predicting Aaron Sorkin for a while. I wasn't sure if he'd get in at the Directors Guild and he did, and that makes me think he's a little bit stronger, but I still think he's the most vulnerable. Um, but who replaces him is the tricky one. Uh, I, think I, I think I've think i been predicting Regina King for a while, but that film has, and, and her as a director haven't been showing up consistently. <clears throat> so that's a tough one. Um, and also cynically speaking, yes, you know, not only are they gonna have the woman of color box checked with Chloe Zhao, but they're gonna have, oh, this will be the first year multiple women are nominated for best director, adding Emerald Fennel now who looks stronger right. because of the CGA nomination. So like there's still, it would still be amazing for an Oscar category for best director for the first time in history to be majority female. Um, <clears throat> but I feel like you know, the other female, because being a female director is such, and, and being a lauded and award-winning female director is such a rarity, uh, that having two other female directors who are kind of outpacing her in terms of like what they've been getting awarded with so far uh, is probably the biggest hindrance to her. So like, I, like, 
but then who gets it instead? Like I could see like a weird Pavel Pavlikovsky situation where they reach real far down and deep and go with someone like who hasn't been getting in, like Zach, you said, Shaka King for Judith and the Black Messiah or Darius Smarter or even a Thomas Vinterberg who got mm-hmm. in at, uh, at the BAFTAs for directing in that little panel. Uh, mm-hmm. But still, he got in there and the film did well overall. Like it got uh, a Best Foreign Film and a Best Screenplay nomination and those categories were not uh, decided by the juries. So we know that there's industry affection for that film. Uh, like, yeah, this could go in so many weird ways. Like, I mean, I wouldn't totally rule out like whatever gets that last nomination slot being the only nomination for whatever film that is. It's just gonna be so weird. It's like yeah, suddenly yeah. like, you know, you got Kelly Reichert for first cow, like why not? Um, yeah, things like that have happened before, you know? Yeah, That's... yeah. The the David Lynch effect. I, I I don't know if it's happened since David Lynch, but uh, yeah. Uh, yeah I, I, could, I could see that happening. But well, we have yeah, seen that it's, it's hard to it's hard to tell. Like it, it drops off real fast in terms of strong contenders in terms of what we've seen from awards so far. Um, well, thank you everyone for watching. That that's our ramblings about director and picture <laughs> after the uh, DGA and PJ nominations. We will be meeting again probably in, in a week or so to talk about you know some of the acting categories but do you guys i think we're going to be meeting in a week to talk about the oscar nominations oh yeah let's do that (laughs) (laughs) Uh, do you guys want to talk real fast about your four winners who you think will win the four acting races yeah daniel please go first because um i'm going to base my predictions off of what you say (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, um, I mean, actor and supporting actor at the Oscars feel fairly solid right now. Chadwick Boseman and Daniel Kaluuya. Yeah. I wouldn't, I wouldn't go as far as to say one hundred percent locked. Probably one hundred, one hundred percent. I'm calling. I'd say, I'd say Chadwick is at ninety-seven, and Daniel Kaluuya is at about eighty-five. And if Daniel Kaluuya wins SAG and wins BAFTA, then that number will keep going up. Uh, so I'm going with those two on the male side. Best actress is so all over the place, but seeing how much strength there is for promising young women across the board i still think that's carrie uh carrie mulligan and supporting actress oh god <laughs> can i write someone in <laughs> i don't like, like olivia coleman missed bathtub yeah, Amanda Seyfried missed SAG. Glenn Close is in Hillbilly Elegy. Uh, <laughs> Maria Bakalova is in a movie that seems like the least Oscar-y movie ever made. Um, Ya Jung Young, uh, potentially, I'll probably actually move her up because she's gotten in the most consistently. She missed the Golden Globe nomination, but, you know, I mean, that's not a huge hurdle. Uh, that's, you know, no one in common with the Academy, so... I'll, you know, I'm actually, actually now I'm probably going to move her up in the first place tentatively until we see every other award go to like seven different contenders who mm. like, it'll be someone different every time. <laughs> All right, Zach, who are your four? Well, uh, like Daniel, I think that actor and supporting actor seem to be pretty close to locked up. Daniel Not Kaluuya. seem to be. <laughs> Not seem to be Never. Never say never, right? Like, <laughs> Especially when you're being recorded on camera and we can use this to embarrass you later. Exactly. I'll just delete it. <laughs> <laughs> right, he's going to edit out the part where he says locked, locked, locked. Um, <laughs> Daniel Kaluuya, I think, is pretty much, as, as Judas and the Black Messiah continues to ascend, um, it, it you know, like 
sketch, you know, etch his name into the statuette. Um, Chadwick Boseman, I think, is sewing this up as well. Um, actress, I'm sticking with Carrie Mulligan. Um, even though she missed BAFTA, I think that if she wins SAG um, and Promising Young Woman, you know, performs as well as we think it's going to in terms of nominations, I think she could still win. Um, although I would look out for anybody else who's nominated, <laughs> pretty much. Um, and then supporting actress, my, you know, stats tell us that it should be between Maria Bakalova and Yoo Jung Yoon because um, both of them are up at SAG and BAFTA and could quite possibly win there, either one of them. Maria Bakalova has got this like newcomer narrative, but she's also in, like you said, Daniel, the most un y movie ever made. Um, but I mean, she's, she's still got a narrative and you know she's so likable and charming. I could see people voting for her. Yu Jung Yoon is in a movie that could very well win best picture. Mm-hmm. So I wouldn't count her out. This year is so weird that maybe Glenn Close will be this, uh, will be Marsha Gay Harden and just wow. win without winning anywhere else. Can you write that article? <laughs> that I think you could be right, but my pick for that one for supporting actress is Yeshun Yoon. I think she's going to win BAFTA too. Just like uh, she, her character is basically the Alan Arkin character from Little Miss Sunshine to the T. And he won those two after losing SAG and did he lose the globe? Um, he did. Eddie Murphy won both of right. those. And then Arkin won BAFTA. So, so look out for Olivia Coleman in Norbit, Norbit subsequent movie film. To knock her out of the contention. I have her winning supporting actress. Uh, lead actress, I'm just going to go with Carrie Mulligan. I think this BAFTA snub was a fluke, a very strange fluke. I think maybe they got her confused with Vanessa Kirby. Um, <laughs> So yeah, I'm, I'm going to go with those two and then the actor races are locked. So there's no point to discuss them. Um, anyways. Until they both get snubbed on Oscar nominations morning because oh, this God. is the weirdest Oscar race ever. And it should be, you know, yeah. it's a pandemic year. Like if this was all like really steady as she goes, same winners everywhere, it would feel so disingenuous to this weird ass year that we've all had. So I'm glad it's a little bit of a mess. but yeah we will see you on uh, march 15th after the oscar nominations are announced you that means you'd have what less than a week to make your picks at gold derby you can also pick predict all of the guild awards uh, BAFTA, sag is coming up the grammys are on sunday right daniel so people need Mm -hmm. to hurry and make their final picks for that as well Uh, thank you everyone for watching and we'll see you soon